proud Amazon employee, and I've only been bare-maced twice. And I'm Jacob, also a proud Amazon employee. And although I've never pissed in a bottle, I have shat on the floor. <laughs> and in this weekly BJ, we're making Papa Jeff proud. <laughs> <laughs> a golden. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so this Amazon Twitter shit. Oh, my God. But you know what? So best part is, after all that talking we did about how this is the weirdest thing ever last night, we're just like, this is the weirdest thing ever. As you're looking through it, just creating all these bizarre accounts, all with the same basic handle. Like, if yeah. the person's name was Lulu, it was FC Amazon, at FC Amazon, Greg, at FC Amazon, Greg, using stock photos. Obviously, terrible. The best part is, they've already done this and been caught. They did this back in 2019, Amazon. Oh. Uh, for a different, I believe there was a different uh, union drive on then that got crushed. And so this is the second time they've done it. And the people who were doing these accounts, in some cases, forgot to go back and delete the old tweets. Oh. So <laughs> they, they didn't even stick with the same names. They changed the names on, on some of these accounts after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they didn't delete the old tweets. So the old tweets would say, this is Erica. And then the new tweets would say, well, I'm Georgia. Ask me anything about working at Amazon. Wow. But you scroll far enough back in their Twitter feed and their Twitter history, and they used to be Erica. So not only is it the dumbest thing we've ever seen, but they were already caught. We've all forgotten about it because it didn't make as much news that time because this was a much smaller union drive, but they're back. They're doing it again. And it didn't well I, I guess that they did quash the union thing but i don't think the anybody was fooled by their bots yeah um that's really it's number one it's kind of number two mm-hmm. uh also not surprising at all like this yeah. is um people are loving it on twitter like i've heard a lot of people talking about it and whatnot but it's like it, th- there is nothing um the only thing that's different about this from other uh, attempts to stop unions from happening is the medium that it's taking place in. Yeah. Like I, um, th- last night we were talking about how, you know, there's been reports that people have been forced to watch hour long videos, like anti-union videos. So they can't stop to take a piss, <laughs> but they can take an hour long video. I'm also curious if on the walk to the hour long video, they have to step <laughs> over any bodies that have died because that's a yeah. thing that's happened at Amazon where they just like put up cones around the body. Like keep yeah. working, keep working, can't stop. Well, like, they don't, they don't turn on the air conditioning in most of these warehouses, right? Yeah. Like they, they have ventilation and air conditioning systems and heating systems, but they don't turn it on. Yeah. Um, and so people are working in these horrible conditions. And yeah, I'm wondering during this hour long movie, is that an opportunity you have? Can you go to the bathroom then? If you're, yeah. is, there is, just... privacy, is there enough <laughs> privacy that you can like just relax, take a dump in the, <laughs> the garbage can, come back? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yep, that should be that should be awesome. That is that. Why why doesn't everybody work there? We should all just want to work there. Yeah. Um. It's my belief that one of the reasons that they really don't care about the human factor here is that they see human employees for the warehouse stuff as a stopgap. Like they're mm-hmm. hoping to completely automate or uh, automize. Yeah, that's the right word. Automate. Uh, thank you. 
automation. Yeah, auto- yeah. Complete automation. I will I will or will not get rid of that like little verbal faux pas, depending <laughs> on how funny I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah so they're just they're they want to automate they don't really care about the people um honestly i i don't want to be one of those i don't want to sound like i'm anti-union because i'm very pro-union but once the union gets in there they're just going to push the automation any even harder that's all that's going to happen yeah and well what, what i was referencing there with the bear mace is the fact that every time they've tried to bring the robots in there to completely replace the humans uh they set off bear mace so oh really yeah, that's what happens. The the robots with their whatever they're trying to grab stuff off the shelves with are puncturing bear mace, and Uh-oh. it is not an isolated instance. It's not it's not w- something that happened one time. It has happened multiple times when they try to bring in robots. So interesting. Yeah, and the thing is, how much bear mace has got to be in these warehouses that like I don't think of it as a go to item. It's not on my my list, my wish list. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's, it's got to be more popular than I realized. I know I have a can in my house for whenever I go camping. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. But also, yeah, like, I think maybe they don't, like, maybe people are buying it thinking it's a self-defense thing, which it's funny. I just found this out recently. It's bear mace is not a self-defense thing. It's if you want, like, strong mace, you need the self-defense mace. Yeah. Bear mace will bother you, but it's not a self-defense tool because they, they weaken it so that it doesn't harm the bear. Yeah, and that's what I've also heard um, is that if you're actually uh, close or if you're in the range where bear mace is going to be somewhat effective, the yep. bear's already killing you. Like the bear's eating you <laughs> by that point. <laughs> so you're spicing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Adding a bit of flavor. You don't want, like, that's the thing is that bears have a very bland diet, right? Like they don't yep. season a lot of oh, stuff. Come on. What are you <laughs> like, salmon, blueberries? Oh, like like <laughs> well yes flavorful for sure but not a lot of spices in there so oh. it's just only fair if they get to taste that right before you die so okay. that they yeah. eat more humans you don't want to be alone that's the thing is you don't want to be the only person that that a bear ever ate right okay so yeah. you want to inspire them to go after more people at least i do <laughs> so um do you want to talk about our our big well number one we were going to uh leave this one off uh, like not talk about it a whole lot because we wanted to talk more about the, yeah. the unionization effort we're going to talk yeah, about that when, next week when yeah when the, when we get the results um yeah. hopefully we have, we'll have more to say about that yeah um but yeah okay so I, I i i'm so excited i i was just looking at uh the articles that you sent over for the big topic um and windsor is number one <laughs> we're right at the top of that list for uh, the biggest gap between um, employment change and uh, home price change. Yeah. We have fallen the furthest with employment and grown the most with the cost of our housing. Yeah. So awesome. if you haven't clued in, we're going to talk a little bit about Canadian housing and how fucked it is. <laughs> so um, Brett was referencing an article that I sent him where I will post it on the Reddit. So in this article, it compared how like unemployment increase and housing pricing and it's weird because it's like an inverse correlation right like the Mm -hmm. and i'm really curious about what that correlation number was but i'm pretty sure it's got to be close to 0.7 like it's a very strong uh, correlation there yeah and the only thing that was off was calgary like calgary didn't increase and their unemployment didn't go down 
or up or whatever. Yeah, no, it, it basically stayed the same. Yeah, it was it was fine. But yeah. yeah, it it does seem like there were a lot of areas that were hit hard. And I'm noticing a lot of Ontario. Yeah, like Ontario, Canada overall is on this thing is you know, kind of middle of the road, um, which you would assume because it's an average, right? But <laughs> Ontario, Toronto, oddly enough, like you'd think Toronto would be the worst for this, but they haven't seemed to be hit at all. Like they're they're both they're fine. There's a little increase, so which you wouldn't expect. Well, jobs are going down, but yeah. yeah, Toronto's increase is like their their housing prices are going up, and it might not be a straight line, but it's definitely going up. Mm-hmm. The um the thing with it is with COVID, there's been so many people that are working from home now, so that like uh, I live about an hour outside of Toronto, and our housing prices went up thirty percent this year. Yes. Um, we've, we've had houses that went of a hundred thousand dollars over asking. Like, and we keep getting that. We keep getting that as well. Every, every, um, everyone that I've been talking to who's buying houses right now, or trying to bid for houses is saying that the house that they were bidding for, uh, just went for, uh, you know, a hundred thousand, 150,000 over asking. And that's not something like Windsor has never been a hot market. We have nothing like 15 you could buy a house in Windsor for like sixty thousand dollars, and yeah. like it would be a fixer upper. But you could, yeah. that, right? We we had some of the lowest housing prices in Canada for a while. Like we were, as far as like actual things that were defined as a city uh, were concerned, uh, we were we were among the lowest. Yeah, and like <laughs> you were you were basically finding like barren land in uh, Nova Scotia to find better prices prices on housing, um, and now. Yeah, we're we're all over the place. People can't buy in this market right now. So um, yeah, so the people that are buying in this market are, um, I'm curious how many of them are actually like natural born Canadians because uh, I'm gonna say some stuff that could be seen as xenophobic right now, mm-hmm. um, but I really don't think that a foreigner period should be able to buy a house in Canada. Like, no, that's an investment property. I don't think housing should be an investment property. Yeah. Like, um, I'm against landlords. I think that's bullshit. I think that if you've immigrated into Canada, there should be a year's long wait before you're able to buy a house. And, and I don't mind people having a house for themselves. No. But not a house. Fine. Yeah. But not a house to rent. To, to rent. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need that. That's that's not something that we're, we're, we're not a country that's lacking landlords in any way. That's no drive that we need to jump on. <laughs> But yeah, we actually, because uh, uh, at the housing co-op that I, I was at, we have to, uh, we just changed our um, our company that uh, that actually manages the co-op. Um, and that company got into property management because of all of the people coming down to Windsor um, to open up their own Airbnb. Yeah. They're buying houses in Windsor because they have Toronto real estate money. Right. And they're buying houses and winning Airbnbs. So I don't know what need they're filling, but apparently they're actually very busy. Yeah. For whatever reason. So there's a lot there to unpack. Like if you if you have a Airbnb and you're using it as a business and that business is running at a loss, um, if you're making like good money, like well over six figures, there's a good chance that you're using that business as a tax write off. Yeah the losses on that business, like, like before this whole housing thing took off, like there are lots of people that would run businesses at a loss until tax time comes. 
Mm-hmm. And then when tax time comes, they get most of their money back. But that's not a way to run housing. Like this is yeah. an essential service. Like it's yeah. not an essential service. Like it shouldn't be considered a service. It's it's essential. Yeah. And that's just it. Like we need people need houses, right? Mm. And when you're pricing I, I don't I don't know if there's there's no real way to separate it either, right? You can't separate it into like an Airbnb market and a housing market. It's yeah. just not there's no way to feasibly work it. So the only way to make it so that people can actually afford to buy houses in the towns that they live in is to just make sure that nobody is turning these into businesses. Um, yeah, that especially like, I, I don't know, it pisses me off more <laughs> that they're doing it to hide income, to yeah. not pay their taxes. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, oh, it, it hurts to, to, to see that happening and to see it driving people out of the market. I, I'm I'm not even I, I'm not even considering right now. It's not something that I'm 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 thinking about or going after. Um, so it doesn't affect me either way. But if the th- if it was if it was controlled and there was some sort of actual you know tangible value to these houses, because that's the thing about these um, when they drive the market up like this, I don't want to buy a four hundred thousand dollar piece of property that's actually worth. Or sorry, I buy a like a, a two hundred thousand dollar piece of property for four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I doing that? Also, right? I don't have that that money to lose. Yeah. So this we have like one of the hottest housing markets in the world. And this past week, two of our biggest banks, RBC and BMO, have come out saying that the feds have to cool down the market. And in response, sorry, I'm just going to pull this up on my phone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, federal minister Ahmed Hussein. So this is the guy that's in charge of uh, CMHC and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, he says, he said on The Current, so the CBC program, the news program, The Current, uh, he believes home ownership is, and I quote, still within reach for many Canadians and in the majority parts of the country. So that's kind of a, a weird thing to say. So still within reach for many Canadians. Yeah. And so, how do we so- define that? I would like a tangible explanation. Let's put that in concrete terms. What does yeah. still within reach mean? Because that does not sound hopeful to me. And for many Canadians, many is very subjective. Yeah. Like, and... Is this 10, 20, a million? Like, like yeah. I don't know. Like... It's more than I have fingers and toes, okay? It's more than I have fingers and toes. And that's all I count with, okay? That's then, all I go by. And then he also says, in the majority parts of the country. Canada is kind of a big place. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but like, I don't want to live in buttfuck nowhere saskatchewan or none of it and yeah. like right there that's a big part of the country that i yeah, don't want to live in and major in this case are we going by population density are we going by area yeah what are we talking about here because yeah, yeah that's the thing too is like i live in windsor yeah it's a mild climate but as I far am as canada not, goes yeah yeah i i'm not moving myself to the northwest territories anytime soon yeah. i am I maybe I could afford a house there. That's terrific. That does not help me. That does nothing for me because I, I I love the Northwest Territories. I would go visit, but I'm not going through those winters. That's just not for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ahmed uh, continued. Uh, oh, good. It, it is also fine to live in a rental unit, and that's okay as well. Um, you're right. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it is okay to live in a rental. I'm not going to shame anybody that's living in a rental. I'm in a but, rental? Yeah. Well, you're. I thought you were in a co-op. It's in a co-op. 
Yeah, that's that's different. Come okay, on. Okay, all right. Get with the right. lingo. It is. <laughs> all right. Okay, fine. You, you don't pay rent. I've been in, I've been in several rentals. I've been in several <laughs> rentals. Uh, same here. I've been in several rentals. Uh, um, so he says there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so why doesn't he live in one? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's fine. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. It is. It's. It's fine to live in a rental, but that, that doesn't excuse the housing market or the vague language around how well this country is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I don't think that they're actually going to do anything to calm this housing market. Which, no, it sounds like they're not at all. Yeah. Um, which I find kind of scary because it's going to go up really fast and continue to go up really fast. And but when you, if you're not going to try to control it, it's going to implode. Mm-hmm. And when it implodes, that's going to be pretty drastic. Like well, we already have something like 70% of, well, as far as 2018 numbers are concerned, 70% of uh, individual Canadians wealth is tied into real estate mm-hmm. with it going up 30 to 40% per year since 2018. I would, I, I, I'm no, it's probably a bit more. Yeah. It's probably a bit more now. Yeah. Probably more than 80. And it's a good thing that we don't have any kind of a blueprint for how these things happen. You know, like we don't right. have, so, we don't know about what happens when you let a housing bubble burst because yeah. that didn't just happen like a decade ago. Yeah, It's a little over ago. a decade. It's, yeah. yeah. But you know, I mean, well, you're right. It's over a decade ago. So who cares? We right. won't, <laughs> we won't heed the warnings of 2008. We don't need that anymore. That's happened. We're already over it. We know what to do now. We just put billions of dollars into big banks and then we move on with our lives and everyone's fine. And you know, like I, I, I'm, 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 I wish in 2008 we would have let everything fail. Um, I, I I think the too big to fail thing uh, was such a pile of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it's the reason that we're back in this exact position again. Um, but yeah. Where were we? Yeah. I market. Oh, yeah. So the, the government, like they're not, they could have let, they could have learned from 2008, but they're not going to do that. Right. And no. the, the too big to fail thing, like I, I totally get that. Like, but the thing is like, if you're going to be a capitalist government, like if you're going to subscribe to this capitalist theory of the economy, then you have to let those market corrections happen. You can't yeah. stop it because then that, you end up with shit like this. And that is just why uh, it's it's not capitalist. And that's what um, when I, whenever I'm arguing with a right winger about like 2008 and about the evils of of the corporations and stuff like that, pointing at that, they see that as socialism, right? They're like, oh, that was yeah. socialism. <laughs> it is. It's corporate socialism, and yeah. it's the only kind that I don't approve of. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, see, that's why you don't have socialism. Like, no, if it was socialist, though, the people would have been taken care of as well. Yes. Right? And a true yeah. socialist plan, the people are taken care of as well. And that's why I really hope that we can get a movement going around the fact that we're too big to fail at this point, right? The humanity. Yeah, you, had, yeah. you had your too big to fail last time. Yeah, you're too big to fail is over. Now we're too big to fail. You yeah. can't let us flounder and and lose the retirement savings and have to start over with you know brand new jobs and have to do all these things that we have to do again. Um, uh, sorry, with brand new jobs, I don't really care about, but just all this other stuff. We can't fail. You need us. Companies need us. Yeah, like that's what I think companies have forgotten is if we all have no money, who is going to buy your worthless shit? Oh, I find. Of, that's what I find very scary about this, actually, Brad, is um, Canada, we have, what, 38 million people, 
right? Somewhere or other, yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot of people, right? We're no less than one percent of the global population. Oh yeah. Oh, if you're talking global, yeah, we're nothing. We're a drop yeah. in the bucket. Why does any company care about Canada? They don't mm-hmm. care about what our people are making because we are not a big enough buying power to affect anything. Yeah. On a global scale. And honestly, it's why we need to just start setting them on fire. I mean, mm-hmm. just in yeah. general, like th- there is something we have to do to correct this balance. And um, I keep going back to whenever I, I think about how we correct what's going on in Canada, um, I keep thinking back to, uh, I think it was the 1930s. And all of a sudden it came around with uh, one big union. And yeah. the whole idea was that everybody was a part of a union. And yeah. you could not hire a worker and not pay them a union wage. Yeah. You could not hire a worker and disrespect them. You could yeah. not hire a worker and, under the table. Everybody was a part of one big union. It's a great name for the one big union. It was one big union. So, I thought it was the IWW, but okay. No, it was one big union, <laughs> OBU. Uh, and uh, I believe, like, all of the unions at that point, I think we're going for this whole thing to bring it all together. But one big union, just you can't screw with us. We're all in this together. We're working together, right? And we're going to stop you. And I think that's the only way that Canadians get power back for their workers, get buying power, right? For our, uh, for uh, the people of this country, because mm-hmm. we are constantly being overcharged. Um, <laughs> they're apparently, it sounds like they might stop Rogers from buying Shaw Media, but- oh. Uh, I don't think they're going to. Like, I, I would have to actually see the the merger stopped um, to believe that it's going to happen. Um, but we are losing buying power. It feels like every day we lose a bit more buying power in this country. And uh, yeah, it, it, they're, they're not going to listen to us until we can actually do something to say, hey, we're going to push back, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I have like... I largely agree with you, but like I, I have like nuanced disagreements. All right. So like I don't I don't disagree with anything you said there, but um, <laughs> I would say like I I would prefer like if we're going to have a capitalist government like a capitalist economic system, mm-hmm. um, we need to have capitalism for corporations and socialism for people, not the yeah. other way around, which is how we're running now. Um, so 100%. that includes like we need like universal health care and i don't mean like the canadian model of universal health care i mean like actual yeah actual universal health care like optometry and dentistry does not need to be sidelined like it's an important thing and same with psychology like oh like mental health is so important like yeah why do i have to pay for it (laughs) (laughs) no but they don't have to do anything at the federal level because we have bell let's talk day Oh, that's that's there's right. a whole day for mental health now, so we don't need to worry about it anymore. I forgot about that. Yeah, corporations have solved everything for us, and capitalism worked. Yeah. So, um, another thing I'd like to do is um get rid of the minimum wage in conjunction with a um universal basic income. But if you get rid of the minimum wage and you are paying somebody a dollar an hour, you've got to be the best boss possible for that person to feel like <laughs> that's reasonable thing to do. And that is my favorite thing with UBI. That yeah. is like the argument that people won't be forced to go to work. Every time somebody says that, I'm just like, I, I, I like when, if you're talking to me about that, like you're arguing for UBI, that's just mm-hmm. it is that nobody's going to be compelled to work. So you're going to have to persuade us to work. You're yeah. going to have to earn 
our time. You're going to have to do something that's pretty special. And honestly, it would just make life so much better for so many people. Yeah. And related to our topic, like um, if we had a UBI that allowed everybody to live, like, you know, you get a, a little bit of money to put clothes on your back. You have a full belly every day and you're able to rent an apartment. Mm-hmm. a co-op or whatever yeah but like maybe it's not enough to buy a house and that's okay but if i'm working my ass 40 hours a week i'd better be able to buy a place yeah honestly that, yeah that yeah well everything too when they come to talking about like a living wage right mm-hmm. when you actually break it down what we're still fighting with companies for, like a living wage is not a great living Right. They're not talking about oh. you're making enough money to go and do a lot of stuff. No, not you're a making... lot of stuff, but a living wage does include um, like going out to the movies once or twice a month. Yeah. I, so I like, mean, not yeah. like the 3D ones, right? Just the... <laughs> 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 Got to save those scene points, too. If you're going to make it work, you get them scene points. But oh. you know, there's a lot of people that make the work minimum wage that never go out to a because that's Absolutely. out of the realm of possibility. And what I'm saying is it's great that we're fighting for a living wage, but when you actually look at what they're fighting for, it's just like, how are capitalists not demonized every day for, yeah. <laughs> for what we're fighting for? Like, they should be ashamed of themselves that people are having to fight for just not drowning. Like, we're literally fighting so that we can be treading water with our heads on the good side. Like, that's yeah. what we want, is we want our noses to be just a little bit above so we can still breathe. And that's what we're fighting for. People are fighting and spending all their time going after this stuff. It's like, it's not a, that shouldn't be something that I have to fight for. That should just be like, if I'm showing up, that's that's where it starts, is that I just get my nose above the water. But right now it's like you work the first job so that you can get, you know, to the, to the, you know, to the area where the sunshine still gets. Yep. And then you, <laughs> you know, before you get to the midnight zone, right? Uh, and then you work the second job so that you can, you know, get up and maybe be sort of caught up on your bills, right? And yep. maybe have some fun sometimes. But like, it takes so much work right now to get to to convince people that you should be able to have a dignified life. And it's just insane. Yeah. So something happened to me um, this past week and it made me realize how like, um, privileged I am because I was working in uh, a renovation co- with a renovation company, super small company, and the guy did really good work, but he just mm-hmm. didn't work safe. So there was this, uh, <clears throat> we were working with concrete, super enclosed place, absolutely no ventilation, and he didn't supply masks. So I was, uh, I complained to him and he was like, hey, if you don't, like, I was like, hey, um, I, I have issues with the safety here. Yeah. He says, if you don't like it, you can leave. And I was privileged enough to be able to say, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a nice position to be in. Right? Like, but like, <clears throat> if I didn't like absolutely need that job, I would have been like, I'd be looking at cancer in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's mind blowing that these people that are so against labor and the rights that labor are fighting for, like, it, like no, this is like basic human shit. Like, I mm-hmm. want to be able to have the dignity to be able to say, I put myself before the job. Mm-hmm. That's and all. Then, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what people are fighting for. And it's like, that's that's unreasonable somehow. Yeah. Like, there is a world 
and we all live in it right now. Yeah. And it's a world in which people go to work for 40 to 70 hours a week and still can't afford to actually live a dignified life. Rent in my area for like a three bedroom townhouse, which is what I would need if, you know, if I'm living myself and my two kids, um, three bedroom townhouse, that's like 2,500 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I'm making, what is it? So if I'm making minimum wage is $14 an hour, I'm just going to pull up my 1425. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pulling up my calculator right here. All right. So 14, 25 times a 40 hour week is 570. I'm going to just drop that down to 500. Mm. All right. So because of taxes, right? Yeah. I'll get it come back. I'll get it back tax time, but that doesn't matter when I'm under the poverty line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So People like to remind you though, that you're going to get it back in tax time when you're working oh, those jobs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so $500 um, minimum wage. If I was working minimum wage, $500 a week, $2,000 a month. I am not making rent. Yeah. And like this, this whole UBI thing. And frankly, like with the cost of housing continually going up, that's having an impact on our rent because they need to increase their rent so they can afford their mortgage. Yeah. Like why these people don't understand that. Like this Ahmed Hussein, like what the fuck, dude? Like, no, but, you can't but, have it. Like that's not even big picture thinking, right? Like that's just like, Oh, let's try to understand the situation. Like, <laughs> But it's pretty telling. Like, even in the end of this article, they go right to the real estate industry said they will shut down talks on um, on, on uh, bringing in uh, any type of, what was it they were trying to bring in? Um, um, on A tax on home equity. Yeah. They were going to try and bring in a tax on home equity. Uh, who's then saying that they're not going to do it? Um, and uh, the real estate industry said they'll shut down talk. So you know why he's doing it. It's not that he doesn't understand. Yeah. He understands, right? But he doesn't care because he's been lobbied. Um, and I mean, I, 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 this is the way, just the way I think of it. I'm sure, like, the second I hear that somebody wants to go with the Liberal Party, I'm never like, oh, geez, they want to help people. My first <laughs> thought is they want to get in on the take. Like, the Liberal yes. Party, more than yeah. I think, if somebody's running for the Conservative Party, there's a chance that they might have some sort of conviction, right? It'll probably be some sort of weird social conservative conviction um, where they just want to stop people from living their lives or whatever, but for freedom. Um, so they're going to have some sort of conviction. NDP, Green Party, Bloc Québécois, literally any other party in Canada. I could believe that there was something honest and true about them. I don't have that belief if, if somebody's running for the Liberal Party. When as soon as they say that they're a liberal, I'm like, oh, so you're a phony. Like that I'm, is my that is my jump. I am hundred percent right with you on that. Like, yeah, I have personally like daydreamed about running for political office, and like when I think about where my heart lays, it's it's not with the NDP. I've volunteered with the NDP in the past, mm-hmm. and um, I like Jake Beat for the most part. I think that he's a, a little authoritarian as far as socialism, but like you know, I like Jake Beat for the most part. And I will go on the record right now and say, as saying, like, I think he is the most charismatic of any of our party leaders. Currently, like, the guy yes. is just likable. He is. Um, but like, yeah, when I daydreamed about running for office, I'm thinking, well, I could run for the conservatives. And my thought was like, oh, if I run for the conservatives, maybe I can be like, uh, like as a joke, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm anti-socialist. And I want, I want companies to actually be capitalist. 
and so mm. it like you know just run against any type of socialism for the rich yeah um so tax breaks any of that stuff no right? and i think that make that's that would be funny because that's not really the conservative stance right now but yeah it's yeah. a conservative stance that, that's they that, like that is the conservative stance it's just not what they do yes. right like yeah. they constantly tell people that they're for small government and they're for the working people and they're for the uh the little guy it's like what little guy are you supporting yeah well show yeah. me the little guy that stephen harper helped so when i'm thinking about running for the liberals though it's like oh I could really take advantage of the situation. <laughs> like, like, Honestly, like, that is the first thought. Yeah, like, oh, I'm likely to get in at some point if you run multiple times. In, For in sure. They get in eventually everywhere. Yeah. You know, they, they, everyone, and, every liberal gets their turn. Yeah. So it's just, it's frustrating, that's all. Because yeah. I, I'm totally with you on that. I don't think that anybody that's actually involved with the Liberal Party actually has good intentions. They're all just power mongers and trying to make their way up. You're just trying to get in on the take. You're trying to get in in, on the robbery. In any party leadership, there's going to be that aspect of people just going for the the power. And that's, that's just the nature of that system. But liberals, I think that comes in at a very, the bar for that is very low. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't really stand for anything, anything in particular. No, they're just you're they're gonna the make middle money. of the road. You're gonna make yeah. money. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Like there's no real one defining thing, right? They're yeah. just you know that everything is fine, and let's just keep going the way we're going, party. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I I make this comp this uh, comparison all the time, and I kind of hate it, but they're the Democrats of Canada because. Mm-hmm. The Democrats do everything in their power to not change anything. And and at the same time, they're always getting in on promises of we're going to we're going to do something. Right. What is their slogan right now? Moving forward. Is that what it is? Something like that. It's something forward. It's just like it's not like progress. It's just like, no, we're just going to keep going. Yeah. Well, they could with with what? No, just we're going to not. There's not nothing in particular. We're just going to keep going. You couldn't use progress because that's used by the progressive leanings of the, the, the yeah. party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be Can't... like aligning themselves with the people they hate. <laughs> like... Yeah. And honestly, like the, the hate too between like the liberals and the NDP is worse than the liberals conservative, right? Like the, yeah. the, they really go after the NDP. They're not, they're definitely against anything that's going to actually help people. Well, like, I don't think people understand that. Is that. But they'll say they are, right? They'll say they're for yeah. that. And they'll they'll run their campaigns on it, but then when they get these, um, when they get into power, they don't do anything. Like, what has he done? He's he's given us marijuana, mm-hmm. like, and then that was it. He was like, everyone forget about the rest of it. He's been in for like eight years, and yeah, he got in on a promise too. I believe like one of the bigger things for him getting in was uh, getting rid of first past the post. I'm paraphrasing, where he said. We don't need to get rid of the first past the post or add proportional representation because Canadians wanted that in order to get rid of Stephen Harper because they didn't like him. Yeah. But now I'm in and Canadians like me, so we don't need to get rid of it. Yeah. So that's that's I just want to say, like, I'm paraphrasing, but like I'm really paraphrasing just a little bit like I didn't get the exact words right. But that is the exact message that that I have heard that. Yeah. So, like, what else do you need? Like, at that point, he should have just been kicked out. Like, there should have been a riot in front of Rideau Hall, and he should have been dragged out of his uh, 24 Sussex. Like, no. Yeah, well, 
and the whole thing is too like how are we accepting that logic like who's who's listening to that and is like because there are still people uh quite a few people who are um supporting trudeau they yeah. stand with trudeau they think he's doing a great job it's just like but I mean, he, I don't even know. This I, is the I guy, can't. like, th this is the guy that went to a protest and, like, walked in this protest with all his security, and the protest was about government inaction on climate change. Like, the dude, you're, you're what everybody here is protesting. <laughs> like, like, well, and also, um, he took a knee, right? He took a knee for Black Lives Matter for, you know, took a knee uh, on systemic racism. It's like, Everyone else was taking a knee to speak to power. Yeah. Your power. He is You're who we were speaking to. Literally the head of the RCMP. Yeah. Like, like, it's not, we don't need you to take a knee. We need you to do something. Yeah. Right now. And I think this is the, um, the big disconnect between both the population and the government is that yeah. they're not us. They're not like us. They never will be. Yeah. And well, when they when they try to make it seem like they are like us, but they're not. And I think too the liberals have this big advantage where people just assume liberals always know how the government works, right? All this stuff goes around, and people every time uh, Jagmeet Singh does anything, uh, they say um, that he doesn't. Uh, well, he doesn't understand how government works it, constantly. Uh, that's all I hear is that Jugmeet doesn't understand how government works. He's been an MP longer than Trudeau. He's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, He's a lawyer. Too. And so <laughs> we're all assuming that he doesn't understand how the law works. But because Trudeau's a liberal, he knows more. And also, I was He's a drama teacher. Yeah. Yes. He's a drama teacher. I was right? also I was also completely wrong. Like Jagmeet was leader of the NDP party before he was elected. Yeah. So, uh, completely wrong. But he was, uh, I believe he, he he was serving in public office. He's been okay. serving in public office and he's a lawyer, yeah. right? And before they put out any of these things, like they're always talking about the motions that the NDP brings forward, right? Like they just voted down pharmacare, they vote down, uh, they voted down wealth tax and stuff like that. So they're voting down all these things. Um, uh, the liberals brought in their own wealth tax, which was going to be like a one-time wealth tax. And it was, yeah, not going to cover anything. And it was going to be completely ineffective. Um, so anyways, they, they, they do their own thing there. But they're always trying to say that it's the, the, the NDP just doesn't understand how this works because they've never been in power. Everything that they do goes through constitutional lawyers before they bring it in there. Yeah. Many of them are lawyers themselves. They understand that. But we're supposed to believe because the Liberal Party has been in power, somehow their lengthy terms of being in power way before this somehow count for some sort of political acumen that they can't have, that nobody else can seem to match um, at uh, any other time. Like, it, it doesn't transfer. His dad didn't gift him with any special powers of knowing, you know? Like, yes. he grew up around it. It's not the same thing as actually knowing what you're talking about. It's exactly like the the argument that Hillary Clinton was qualified to be president because Bill Clinton was president. Like, yes. No, she wasn't in those meetings. She didn't know what was going on. Well, she might have known what was going on, but after the fact. Yeah, and, and the thing just is, like Trudeau, like he might have known what was going on as a kid. His dad was like <laughs> unloading on him about his work day. Like, <laughs> uh, like oh, 
anyways yeah our housing is fucked and it's because of the feds <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously we got off topic a little bit there but i was just going to come up here because uh you brought up the trudeau saying that everybody likes him that's why he doesn't have to fix first past the post yeah and his approval rating has been hovering around 50 percent for a while now and he's been under quite a bit at several different times. He's been down to 33%, 31% here. According, I'm going to Angus Reid, so just to disclose here. And right now, uh, he is at, uh, he, he's around 45%, so. Yeah, like, I also, I question all these polling because what are they asking? Like, yeah. Yeah, is it like a scale of one to 10? Like how do you approve? Mm -hmm. Because it's like a binary no, system? No, it's, it's approve, disapprove, not sure, can't say. There's only three options. Yeah. Exactly. And then they're going by province and Saskatchewan is actually, they, they like Trudeau the least, which seems incredible to me. I thought for sure Alberta. Oh, Alberta's right there too. He's got a little spike right now going on in Alberta, but it's Alberta and Saskatchewan dueling to hate Trudeau the most and Ontario. Oh, we're like, oh, we're, we're almost the worst at this. We like him. We're just loving on Trudeau. Yeah. It's so not that high right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's down at 49%. He's down under 50% in Ontario. And, I mean, we're suckers for the Liberals. I wish that we could come in and boot them out. But, like, I, but the thing is, like, I want a third party, to, like, not a third party, but, like, the I want another party to come in that just doesn't allow, um, like, I, I just want a stop to votes where it's, like, you just vote for what the party leader says. I just want that to stop. That's all. That's gotta, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, with all this rubber stamp voting and, I mean, we've we've seen the issues with um, Trudeau uh, stepping in and trying to get his cabinet ministers to do things for him. That's why uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould left. Yeah. Um, and I I'm sure that has something to do with the article we were reading and the minister that was being addressed there, uh, Hussein. Um, I'm sure that there was something there that where Trudeau, I mean, he's definitely, he's got properties, right? Yeah. He doesn't want to have a, an equity tax. He doesn't want to pay into this country that keeps taking care of him and giving him so much money. Why would he give us any of that money back, right? Yeah. yeah right. He's just supposed to take. He's he's a taker. He's not a giver, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, he wouldn't pay us back. But uh, so I, I'm, I'm sure all that stuff is happening. But yeah, if we could get rid of that uh, rubber stamp, and I don't know how you do it, but like lobbying... When are we going to accept that lobbying is just like a, li a licensed criminal enterprise? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has been since the beginning. Um, and obviously I'd throw the Senate in there too, as a licensed criminal enterprise. Yeah. Um, Cause you can just buy a Senator in this country and it's not an issue. Um, There's, they have no conflict of interest. So you just yeah. buy them. I had a, an interesting conversation with somebody on Reddit this, uh, this past week where they were saying that Canada apologized for um what we did to the uh indigenous peoples and i said no canada has not done that the prime minister of canada apologized but the head of our government is the queen and she hasn't done shit <laughs> yeah even to have have they even had like our vice regals do anything I similar i maybe not maybe maybe not i don't know but like that's yeah the... I, we should look into that because i mean that would be something from the queen essentially um, according to our system, yeah. According to our system, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know how much interaction you get with the queen as a vice regal. I think it's just when they visit, right? Do you talk to them? I, I assume that that's like, a bedtime. When you're appointed, it's like, hello, this is what I expect of you. <laughs> don't ever I talk don't... to me again. Like... <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be letters. I feel like the queen would mostly communicate through like email, 
Oh right? no. Like some it's, no, no. Anybody at that level is doing it strictly by phone. And they're doing it by phone so that there's no record. Oh, probably. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the queen probably talks like she's straight out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just not allowed to know. Uh. Anyways, uh, you've got to get going. And uh, uh, got, yeah. Did I, I even tell you what happened last week when they all charged in? Um, Hold on. Like the kids were all. Hold on. Uh, okay, get, get to it. Get to no, it. Get to it. this has been your weekly BJ. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.